0: All right. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Darren Tuttle, who is the founder and chief investment officer at Tuttle Ventures. Darren, how you doing?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on.
0: Of course, man. Thanks for coming on the show. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great.
1: Yeah. So Founder of of Tuttle Ventures. Uh, It's an investment advisory firm, so I actually advise other investment advisors. Um, I also am a private wealth manager myself. Uh, Been doing this for the last ten years, and and loving it. And uh, what do I do for fun? Um, You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty much in the hobby game, right? So I love playing chess. Uh, I love working out. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of have like that engineering type, so I love learning new things, uh, learning new skills and, uh, and just being, uh, you know, up, up and up to speed with everything that's new and hip going on. Uh, me and my wife, we also like to go out to eat a lot. So we're considered foodies.
0: Mm. Okay. Okay. What's your favorite place to eat? Your um, favorite type of food maybe let's, let's yeah see.
1: so yeah so i'm here in corona california right southern california so you can't beat like a really good fish taco right mm-hmm. like yeah. um you know you get some of that lime you get some uh you know guacamole on there too uh you can't okay. beat that like some good fish tacos
0: there we go fish tacos and what is your chess elo
1: Ooh. um I'm not very good. Like <laughs> it's a hobby of mine, but like I'm not very good. Um, let's see. I play on Lee Chess, so I think the scoring is a little bit different on there. Yeah. Um, but like I think I'm like twelve hundred, so I'm not oh, not there very you. good, but but it's it's fun for me.
0: Hey, you're better than me. I got up to I was playing the one minute games where you add a second every time you move.
1: That's what oh, I like to play because uh-huh.
0: you know, I'll pull it out, but you know, if you play a three-minute game, a five-minute game, I need to be intensely focused for that period of time, and, um, so I, I just cut it down to one-minute games. I got up to the 1200s and got smacked back down to, like, 1050. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) man. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in that novice range, too. I think anything under 1200 is, like, novice, and then, you know, you're intermediate after that, so, uh, That's fun though. That's fun. I'm a big chess guy. I love playing chess.
1: (laughs) You do. Okay. So we should play. Do you play on Lee chess or?
0: I don't play on Lee chess, but I'd be open to like making an account and playing or whatever.
1: Cool. Cool. Yeah, no, that'd be fun. I, uh, the, the shorter time games, like they kind of like raise my stress levels, right? Like Uh I'm a pretty low key guy. Um, so I play like the 10 minute games and where it's just like the, it doesn't add time. It's just like always counting down. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like you got to really focus cuz those 10 minute games don't just take 10 minutes, you know, usually oh, no. they take like 20 minutes, right? Or or longer if you consider, you know, stoppage, so.
0: Exactly, exactly. And are you looking at the board the whole time during those 10 minute games? Or are you, uh, are yeah. you kind of multi yeah. the board?
1: <laughs> no, I'm like I'm like laser focused, man. I can't I can't multitask. I think multitasking is actually like a myth. I think it is. People make up.
0: <laughs> I actually know it is. I think it's scientifically proven it is. <laughs> but i'm just like you know people can't uh even when you're multitasking you're really just switching between tasks and doing like a bunch of like bursts of mini focus which means you're not being very effective at focusing is really what it came out to but
1: i like it i like it
0: hey respect we will have to play a 10 minute game i don't know if i can play a lot of them because i can't i typically don't sit at the screen for that long without my Head going crazy from running all the calculations. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, we'll have to play. We'll have to play. Well, cool. So you are an investment advisory firm. So you advise other investment advisors. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I didn't start out with that. I got my start at uh, Goldman Sachs and I was uh, an operations analyst. So all the traders would. Uh, use my support to help with trades that went wrong or, or had to figure out, you know, how to make different trades actually go through smoothly. Um, you know, from there, I uh, learned about how the market works. And my just like innate the curiosity led me into investments. Um, that's where you know, I started advising uh, just regular clients, and then I got my CFA, so I'm a Chartered Financial Analyst. That was a, like a four-year program that I went through um, to to be able to get that, and then uh, started managing investment portfolios for other registered investment advisors. And um, they, you know, noticed kind of like the my technique, my approach, my skill. Set And so there's other advisors that also wanted to work with me, um, which, you know, when I started Tuttle Ventures, that's been, you know, one of the key sources of revenue for me is is actually having other advisors um, that are, you know, really good salespeople, but may not, when it actually comes to like those buy and sell decisions at the end of the day, really know or have the confidence uh, to be able to know what to buy and sell.
0: Gotcha. And so is your style more technical analysis or fundamental analysis or a mix?
1: Yeah. So uh, I would say it's a mix of both. So uh, with my background, like fundamental analysis, it makes up the majority of my process. Um, But then we also construct investment portfolios that have systematic trading involved and that systematic trading is all based on technicals. Um, So it's like we are focused on individual securities where it's a fundamental uh, bottom-up approach. And then on the second side of the portfolio is the technical analysis and the systematic traders. So it's so it's really a blend between the two of around 70% fundamental and around 30% systematic.
0: I got you. And for the people on this who don't really know these terms, can you... Elaborate on what fundamental is, what technical is, and then what that bottom-up approach was?
1: Yeah, so fundamental for me is all about understanding how a company makes money and then understanding how that company is being valued currently and then seeing if you identify any differences in the value of that company going forward. Um, for example, uh, you know... I. I had some big wins in the past when I started my firm with a company called New Home Company. And this was a home builder that was trading um, at about the market value of the cash that it had on hand. And uh, from a fundamentals basis, you look at the financial statements and you say, you know, why is this company trading for just like what it has cash in the bank? Right. You would think, like, oh, you know, maybe future revenues or, you know, inventory on hand was something that could add value. And so we identified that mispricing, um, kind of figured out what the market was doing there. There was a a really, um, conservative, uh, you know, uh, management team that didn't really want to put, uh, the gas pedal on selling homes. So they were being somewhat reserved in that approach. And, uh, you know, ended up nine months later, the company getting bought out and taken private, um, for, I think about seven times what, We had initially paid for it and you know so that uh and it was taken private by you know acquirer that identified some of the things that i had done uh from the financial statement and and asking those questions of how does this company make money and you know is there any mispricings here
0: that's epic (laughs) (laughs) how long does it take to identify those mispricings is um, (sighs) uh you know the average person who you know has read 30 minutes a day for the past year, going to be able to look at financial statements and go through and identify some, or is it more like an in-depth underwriting process?
1: Um, You know, I think it's like, I I just have that natural curiosity um, where I just keep asking questions, right? Where one question leads to another question, which leads to another question, which leads to another question. Um, And, you know, that process can take a lot of time if you don't know the right questions to ask. Um, so, you know, if you're somebody that's interested in the stock market, wants to get interested in investing, I think asking those questions uh, and being curious is a good way to to start your initial interest in investing. Um, but if you don't know which questions to ask, sometimes you can feel like you're, you're getting into a dead end. Um, so I'd say it's not really about time. It's just about, knowing the right questions to ask and and then where that eventually leads you.
0: Mm. And so I'm just curious, how do you initially identify these? Are there like filters you run on the market to identify them or are you just combing through hand by hand?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, people get really overwhelmed with the stock market, but if you think about back to like when you went to high school, right, um, I don't know where you went to high school, but I grew up in Sacramento, California, and there was about 2,500 people at our high school. And so you kind of knew who the popular kids were, you knew who the jocks were, you knew who the nerds were. And so you could kind of, you know, understand the lay- landscape of what your high school is made up of. And it's the same with the stock market, right? I mean, I'm really realistically only looking about 2,500 stocks in total. And, you know, when you start doing this for a long period of time, you know, 10 years uh, or more, you start to identify kind of patterns in those groups. And so, yes, we have screens, you know, yes, we're looking at the market every day, but then sometimes, you know, we'll just ask questions and then run through like different screens to be able to identify uh, those uh, stocks that are coming up under those screens. So there's usually like understanding the landscape of who you're actually dealing with, uh, some of the history behind that, and then um, from there we come up with a like a thesis, and then run screens related to that. That usually winds it down to like five or ten companies, and then from there you know we can really just like fine tune into which ones we're actually going to put the dollars behind.
0: I got you. I got you. Well, there we go. Well, tell us a bit more about your motivation. What gets you up and keeps you going every day?
1: Um, Hmm. I think my family's a big one, right? Uh, i got three kids. I got a wife um, and they're, they're pretty much like a big motivator right now. Um, I also like really enjoy helping people, right? Like there's a lot of people that just feel like overwhelmed with finance or, you know, don't really know where to start. And so I enjoy teaching and coaching and helping other people get that light bulb moment uh, that, you know, that I work hard to, to understand as well.
0: I gotcha. I gotcha. And let's jump into dreams and goals now. What's your vision for Tuttle Ventures and your life?
1: So, um you know, I see Tuttle Ventures being a premier investment management firm where uh you know somebody that uh, is a family office or you know wants to have that institutional quality of uh investment approach without having you know that stuffy uh you know wall street uh type um uh, expectation uh, behind it so uh, that's that's the vision that I have. Really, is you know having this select premier family office investment management group uh, that I'm able to to serve those that that need it most.
0: I got you. And so I'm trying to sparse out how this is exactly different from like a private equity firm that would go buy. Uh, businesses and I guess flip them. I guess you're not buying them, you're investing in them, but just clear up the differences for me a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, So we do that too. That's that's another part of the business. But um, so uh, when I'm talking about stocks and I'm talking about those screens, most of those are on publicly traded exchanges. So like the New York Stock Exchange. Um, and you're typically investing in the equity portion that's available there. So, when I'm talking about those screens, that's what the public trading is, where you know you could go on Robinhood or ETrade and buy those same stocks. So that's one part. And then we also do have a private investment portfolio as well. Um, the difference uh, that I would say is with private equity, you're usually buying. Like more established companies, usually of larger sizes, uh, our seed investments that we have are typically smaller companies and uh, with less employees. Um, and so that's more of like the venture capital side where we're investing, you know, these fa- in these founders and these ideas. Um, but like for example, like most recently, we just did an investment with SpaceX right? So SpaceX is a private company. You actually can't like buy SpaceX shares on the public market. Um, So that was a private deal that, uh, that we did. That's more, you know, of a mature company, um, so to speak.
0: Okay. Okay. I gotcha. So do you know who Derek Faye is?
1: Uh, I don't. Should I?
0: I? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to, so I am kind of more of a real estate guy. I feel like I understand real estate really well, but recently I've been following like Alex Hormozy. Derek Faye has come on my social media feed. He's a venture capitalist. Alex Hormozy is kind of like a, do you know Alex Hormozy?
1: Uh, I think so. I think, I think I've seen her come up in my feed too. Yeah. Um, Is she like venture capital as well?
0: Alex is actually a guy. (laughs) Oh. Layla, Layla Hormozy is his wife. Um,
1: then I don't know who you're talking about.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So Derek Faye, he says he's venture capital. Alex Formosi says, so they like buy minority stake in businesses and then help them scale. And he says he's more of like a private equity firm. Also, I just don't know what the terms mean necessarily. And I want to be able to wrap my head around it to just know how money flows through businesses, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think like the, the best way to kind of separate the two is like with venture capital, you're uh, either like a general partner or a limited partner. And so, a limited partner, they're just putting equity stake into a fund that is then buying a bunch of different companies that are more or less in the early stages of their development. And then um, with private equity, usually you're like, I want to go buy this, you know, dental practice conglomerate, they have 30 dental practices all across the United States. And so we're going to put, you know, $20 million and buy a stake in that uh, business that's already pretty much like a mature and growing business. So there's a lot of overlap between the two. Um, But just the, the nature of like, the separation of them is, I think, like the maturity of the business and just like, uh the the different um, problems that they're looking to to overcome or you know opportunities i guess
0: i got gotcha. you i got gotcha. you nice nice well cool i appreciate that yeah
1: and and for that. me it's like uh real estate is like definitely important right so i work with a lot of wealthy people all of them have you know some investments in real estate right whether it's rental properties or uh, vacation homes or or something along those lines, right? Um, but then you know, equity and ownership in something, uh, you know, outside of real estate can have you know tremendous upside as well. the The comparison is always, you know, do you want to own Amazon stock or do you want to own the business or the building that Amazon rents from? Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely
1: Amazon stock. Amazon stock has like, you know, the unlimited potential upside, right? When you can collect that lease, you know, every month, but at the end of the day, like uh, it's, it's somewhat limited in its ability to scale.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's what I. That's what I found. I dove into real estate and I really got to understanding it. But then I heard about these people like buying businesses, and they were talking about the upside and the returns they were getting on these businesses because they were really good operators. And I was like, what? Like, why did I? Why did I miss this boat when I was learning about um, real estate? I still love real estate. It's still great to me. But I'm also like a lot of these people, you know got their start in business and then diversified into real estate, you know, for tax reasons or whatever it may be. But both are important. Understanding both is important. So, you
1: know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like knowing what you're good at too, right? Like I'm never going to go to one of my, you know, initial capital investments and say like, Hey, you should start running your business like this because mm, that's not like my area of expertise. Right. Um, I let those people, uh, do what they do best. Right. And, and then I kind of stay in my lane, but it's, it's amazing what you can do with, you know, a network of, uh, confident professionals and, you know, with a, with one shared goal, I think at the end of the day, you know, adding value, creating value, growth can be something that, uh, you know, helps a lot of people. So, um, you know, whether it's in real estate or investing in, you know, early seed stage companies or, or private equity, I think they're all kind of geared towards the same growth mindset.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. So become the premier investment management firm where you're working with some family offices. Do you have a number of family offices in mind? Or is it just like as many as you can or some select really premium ones? How does that work for you?
1: Yeah, well, I can give you some background. So Um, You know, this year, we're looking to take on about 10 different families um, for our investment management services. Uh, That ranges from advising on private equity deals and then managing the investments in-house. Typically, I'm like their in-house chief investment officer where they pay me $10,000 for a comprehensive financial plan uh, that we then implement over time. And you know, that is a, a partnership with the business. It uh, includes things like, you know, taxes, which can be a really big expense for a lot of business owners. Um, and then also, you know, I, I still have the other advisors um, that uh, have been growing themselves, right? And have more advisors and and uh, more, more work to do as well there. So it's kind of uh, all encompassing and all kind of work together.
0: I gotcha. I got you. Okay. Well, any other dreams or goals that you want to chat about?
1: Um, you know, I'm starting to have like dreams for my kids, right? I talked about, you know, my family being a big motivator. Uh, my son, uh, he's six now, and he uh, is just getting into football. So, you know, I played college football uh, back in the day at BYU And I kind of have some dreams for him. Like, hey, maybe he could play football in the future if he wants to, right? He doesn't have to. Um, And then like my daughter, she's eight and she's a dancer and she's like really good. She's like a ballet dancer and um, she's going to all these competitions and things. So she's like has dreams of, you know, going to New York and dancing uh, ballet out there. So, So it's kind of seems like my dreams uh uh, or like my dreams are like live through like the dreams of my children now too
0: yeah i love that so it's really just that premier investment management firm and then seeing your kids go on to become the people and do the stuff that they want to become and do
1: yeah and also you know the investment management business uh we're a pretty tight-knit group right so uh, you know, for people that have worked with me in the past or been my interns, um, you know, I have dreams for them as well. Like I want them to be portfolio managers. I want them, you know, running their own book of business or running their own hedge fund or, uh, you know, dreams uh, for them as well, you know, in the future, because uh, I think my dreams are big enough as a premier investment management firm that it can also include their dreams as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because um you said like even if they build a book of business, you're like helping the advisors advise their book of business, right? And so that's like you can honestly scale really large, you know. If you you can take on as many advisors as you want as long as you kind of have the staff and the bandwidth to help advise them, right? Which would grow you a lot. Is that am I yep. accurate in yep. saying that?
1: Yeah, no, that that's exactly right. And then People uh, ask a lot of questions of like, hey, like how many people do you need running an investment portfolio? Like what's the infrastructure look like? And, you know, in this digital age, if you look at Apple, um, Apple cash management team, you know, manages billions of dollars a day. And that's a team of five. So they have five employees that are managing, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars in cash management in and out. And, uh, you know, I think that's like a great model to have in your approach for infrastructure and, and, uh, because not everybody is, you know, talking to people every day. So,
0: yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. And it seems like this business is really built on relationships. That's what I've been learning as I've gotten more and more into real estate. Uh, are you familiar with real estate syndication?
1: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's kind of where I'm going. And it's like almost impossible to get your start in it without solid relationships. Like it's just not going to happen alone. And so what has been your philosophy on building those relationships and maintaining those relationships and continuously adding value to
1: them? Mm. That's a good question. I think uh, mm -mm. there's like a certain level of understanding and trust that you have to have in business. So I tend to be a straight shooter, I don't really beat around the bush. And I think that attracts like the right type of people into my group. Uh, The second is, uh, like, I tend to over communicate. So I send a lot of emails, I send a lot of texts, like everybody in my quote, unquote, like board of advisors, like, knows that, like, hey, I may like send a random text at two in the morning because, like, that was just like what was on my mind at that point in time. Um, and then, you know, I think uh, being willing to help somebody without expecting anything in return uh, has been a, a great way for me to be able to build and establish trust. Um, sometimes when you work with the ultra wealthy, they, don't really need anything in particular, right? They need people that they can trust and rely on. So, you know, if they wanted somebody to go like, you know, pick up their laundry, they they can pay somebody to do that, right? But yeah. when you're dealing with finances, you know, sometimes uh, they just need somebody that they can trust and rely on. So that's, a, that's another big aspect of our business.
0: I love it. Just being trustworthy.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's built over time. So these relationships, you know, uh, you can't just like go to one networking event, send a bunch of texts out and expect like, Hey, like this is, you know, this person's going to call me up to, you know, sign on to their next business deal. I think going to those, learning more about them, going out to lunch. I, I don't like to eat alone at lunch. I like, you know, calling people or or going out to lunch. And so just those develop, uh, those relationships take a lot of time.
0: hmm Mm-hmm. and it sounds like it's just, it doesn't always have to be business when you're building them. It's like the consistent touch points can sometimes be just calling them up to check on their life, their family, their kids, et cetera.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that happens a lot too.
0: I got you. Well, awesome. What are the top one to two skills that you need to develop right now to make these dreams come true and become the premier investment management firm that you're looking to become?
1: Um, I think... Uh, like my continued ability to find and attract top talent is of utmost importance to me, right? So continue to expand that. And and then the second, I think, is um, just having the spirit of discernment. So being able to identify, uh, you know, what is right for my business and, and what's maybe wrong for my business. So there's a lot of decisions, you know, that we work with every day, some of them matter a lot more than others. And having that spirit of discernment on the questions that matter most, I think is what could take my business to the next level.
0: Mm. For sure. For sure. How do you develop that spirit of discernment? Is it like a priority system in your head? Is it based on values? Talk to me about that.
1: Um, for me, It's about knowing myself right so that's really about values uh knowing who you are uh knowing what you're not and having a vision uh, of what you want to be in the future i think also um you know i'm i'm like a big journaler i write a lot of notes so going through and reading notes and journals of uh, ways i was thinking in the past uh, is helpful too, because it allows me to self-reflect and have like that self-awareness of, of where I'm at at any given point in time. And then it also is like staying grounded. So social media or like the digital world can be really, um, you know, uh, a lot of noise and, and be very um, loud. Uh, so you can't really uh, identify that spirit of discernment, but having places where you can go to seek refuge um, is uh, is always important as well
0: yeah no for sure i love it well what are the highest impact daily actions that are going to tick the needle forward towards your dreams and goals
1: Ooh, now we're getting into like specifics um i think for me it's i do i do a lot of work in the background and so sometimes it's like communicating my value If I, uh, you know, send an email with just updates uh, on a more regular basis to those people that I'm working with and saying like, hey, these are, you know, the five things I did that day. Uh, I feel like that demonstrates my value and then also, you know, allows me to, to build that trust over time. So I've been starting to write down like exactly like task for task what I'm doing that day at the end of the day and then sharing that with those people I was working or doing that for.
0: Mm, I gotcha. I gotcha. So it's like just some, some extra accountability, but also, you know, they're not, I assume when the relationship was started, that wasn't like an expectation. It's just you going over the top to like really communicate and make sure that they can trust you.
1: Yeah. And, and just taking inventory of, you know, where you're spending your time too. So, um, you know, I, like I am, I'm very curious. I can go down the rabbit hole. Uh, I can spend three hours, you know, researching, uh, you know, Shopify apps. Right. And so, um, being diligent with your time and taking inventory of your time helps, helps me to stay focused on the right path.
0: There we go. There we go. Well, cool what character trait do you most need to develop right now to make these dreams come true? Ooh.
1: Um, let's see there. Uh, I think, I think uh, grit grit is a good one. Grit to me is a character trait that can help you overcome, you know, just initial obstacles. A lot of people will just give up at the first sign of opposition. So, being gritty allows you to overcome those and, and to reach your final goals.
0: Yeah. All right. If there were one or two people you can meet right now, this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take that next step towards your dreams and goals. Who would they be and how would they help you?
1: Mm, okay. So I have a couple of opportunities to kind of level up my practice. There are some other advisory firms where I could make a purchase of uh, their um, existing consulting contracts. And so I'm looking for somebody that, to, to look to partner uh, with that potentially to, to take on those additional consulting contracts and and pretty much double my, my business overnight. Um, so I don't know exactly who that person is right now off the top of my head. Um, and then the second, um, I don't know. I think it would be cool to, they say like never meet your heroes, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, I think it would be cool to meet. Um, so my my wife's uh, grandfather, is name's Howard, and... He I never got to meet him because he passed away before, you know, I, I married my wife. But that's somebody like if I could meet, um, it would be great to to get to just sit down and get to know him a little bit because he had such a positive impact in my wife's life and and their whole family and speak so highly of him. And it's somebody that I never got to meet when, you know, when we got married a while back. Yeah. So
0: I got gotcha. wife's grandpa, Howard. That's a that's a unique one.
1: You don't oh, really? have to often. Yeah, yeah. What do most people say? Like, Oprah. Oprah? <laughs> 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 because Oprah. you be like, hey, Oprah, you get a car. You get a car.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. People hit, hit up Oprah or like, you know, Tony Robbins, Russell Brunson, really big name entrepreneurs who are like in the motivational space and like coach other entrepreneurs or something like yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Man, Tony. I mean, I feel like if I sat down to lunch with Tony, like he would just like be eating so much like that guy is huge (laughs) right so i don't even know if we'd get a word in and then uh and oprah and oprah would probably have some stories Uh she would have some stories yeah for for sure
0: now that partner that you're looking for to take on the additional consulting contracts do they need to bring in is it more bringing in the money or bringing in the operational capacity
1: um it's uh, for now it's probably the money um we already have the operations kind of set in stone. The reporting, uh, you know, this is a contract where I'm actually doing a portion of the work already. Um, so then it's just, um, you know, the the funding initially uh, to be able to to take that from the other the other business owner. They're actually going to go into uh, the tomato business, so they're going to level up their, uh, you know, entrepreneurship game uh, start going into the distribution of tomatoes and, uh, and selling some of this, this consulting business. So kind of a a random one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think like for him though, it's, it's all about like dollars and cents, right? Like, um, he, you know, he's, he's a, he's a great business guy and, um, you know, whether it's tomatoes or, or whether it's advisory, uh, consulting contracts, um for him it's about the cash flow so
0: yeah yeah i got gotcha. you no that's i mean that's a smart move that's a good head on your shoulders if you think like that um who is the most likely person in your rolodex right now to be a partner with you on this that has the capacity to do it
1: oh um i don't know i mean right before this call i i, I wrote down a list of some potential people um I'm I don't know off the top of my head, like off the air. Um, but, uh, but there's probably some people that I think could help me out. Um, and it's just about, you know, whether they would be the right person to to get behind or maybe it, you know, it's somebody else, somebody else that's a better fit.
0: Mm, okay. What would make somebody the right person?
1: Oh man, look at you. You just diving <laughs> in with all these questions. I think the, the right person, um, uh let's see the right person to help scale you know double my business overnight uh certainly this wouldn't be like their biggest investment year to date right exactly. so uh you know the the amount of money that i'm looking for um is probably around you know 300,000 and so if this is somebody's like first check that's probably not somebody that's good um and you know, the second, I think, is somebody that can, um, you know, identify new opportunities uh, in the advisory business. So, you know, we're we're a pretty small, close-knit group, but you can't manage or sub-advise for, for money unless you're a registered investment advisor, have taken all these tests and passed. Um, and so, um, you know, that's kind of... Uh, something that keeps other people from, you know, outside the business coming in, right? Like if I wanted to buy a dental practice, I'd have to have a dentist to partner with. Um, And so it would kind of be that same relationship here um, where I'd be the quote unquote dentist or or subject matter expert. But then that person, even though they may not be quote unquote in the industry, they could have, you know, relationships or contacts with people that could potentially grow uh, and scale the operations even more.
0: I gotcha. In the sense that you would get, would their contacts or their network be like family offices that you can add to your firm or other types of people?
1: I think it would be uh, like other business owners. Other business owners. Um, yep. So uh, other business owners, I mean, business owners do a lot. They have a lot on their plate. Uh, a lot of the times the investment or cash management uh, of their business can um, always be improved. And, and so that's, uh, you know, I think something that that partner that's deploying capital could also, I think, bring to the table as other business owners.
0: Mm, And what would their return be on the 300,000? Would it be like a 10%? Would it be an 8%? Would it be more significant? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, we're looking to, uh, you know, get that money back to them probably in like a two year timeframe. Um, and then, uh, you know, after uh, cashing out on that two-year timeframe, everything after that is uh, an incremental return. So you could be looking at, you know, a 50 to 100% return after two years of of putting in the uh, initial seed capital. So we like to say, you know, with the venture capital business or just like an initial seed business like this, we're looking to 3X your money within three years. And, you know, most of the time, in the public markets, you know that's pretty much like a pie in the sky uh, type of return of like three hundred percent. But in the private equity markets, especially with like established cash flow contracts, uh, it's something that's a lot more attainable.
0: I got you. I got you. Really cool. Really cool. Um, I can't think of anybody right now, but I'll definitely be looking for somebody for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Let me know if anybody's you know living that dream of of wanting to diversify cash flows, right? Yeah,
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, there we go. Now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And these questions are just to get to know a little bit more about you and how you take in information, what information you're taking in, all that good stuff, how you thrive. That's what the questions are for. What's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one.
1: Okay, uh, I'm going to say my favorite book. Uh, is george friedman the next 100 years um just like the way he sees the future and like geopolitics that that's really interesting to me
0: gotcha 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 and what is one way you like to take care of yourself
1: hmm. like i said i'm a foodie so yeah. like i like going out and eating like a good like surf and turf meal or like steak dinner uh You know, food can heal the soul. Sometimes that's how I like take care of myself.
0: There we go. And what is one action step you can take right now, or continue to take if you're already doing it, to meet that partner that is going to help you take on those additional consulting contracts?
1: Um, man, it's about picking up the phone. I'm a millennial, right? So I like texting. I like, you know emailing, but sometimes, Hey, you just got to pick up the phone and talk to people real
0: life. Yeah. For that partner, do you need to know them right now and have already built that trust? Or is it somebody where it's like if somebody came out of the blue and they seem like a good fit? How long would you need before you went ahead on the deal with them?
1: Hmm. Uh, I think it depends. I think it depends on their experience. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, I had mentioned before, like the, um, I wouldn't want this to be their first investment. Right. So if they were like a proven operator or not like a proven operator, but a proven investor across other businesses, then that's something that would like definitely shorten that timeframe from like months to like weeks or days.
0: Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Well, nice. We got our final series of questions now and these can get a bit personal. So if you don't want to answer them, just be like, I want to pass and we'll pass. That'd be cool.
1: Okay. Let's go. Let's bring it.
0: (laughs) What is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life? If any.
1: Oh man, I got a lot of those. Um, let's see. Sometimes I think like, Hey, you know, maybe I'm not good enough. Um, like that, that like definitely creeps into my mind sometimes. So uh, growing up, my mom was always like, hey, Darren needs to be nice to Darren. I can I can I'm like my hardest critic. So oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so where does that come from? If growing up your mom was telling you to do the opposite, it doesn't sound like it comes from your parents or anything like that. Where does that come from for you?
1: Dude, I don't know. If I knew, I could fix <laughs> it, right? Um, I mean, I like like I, I like being a high performer, high achievement, sports, you know, all growing up, I was a three sport athlete. I like coaching, right? And I like improving. So sometimes if I don't see improvement, that's where I can get a little frustrated and down on myself.
0: Mm. I gotcha. I gotcha. How do you balance the, the ideal of contentment and the desire for progress? How do you balance that in your life? Like that's something like I'm also like that, but I know contentment, is one of my values. Like I want to be content in life, but I also don't want to stop improving. And that's always been kind of a conundrum in my head of like, how do you be content, but also strive for more at the same time?
1: Yeah, I think um, a good, uh, somebody you know mentioned it to me, it's about staying hungry and humble mm-hmm. and being present, as opposed to being anxious uh, and expecting. So if I'm anxious and expecting, you know, it doesn't matter where I could be. I could be in Turks and Caicos, right, with my business partner who's going to go buy that tomato place and still be unhappy, right? Um, Or, you know, I could be hungry and humble and present and the world, you know, could really uh, open up opportunities for me if I just have my eyes to see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. I like that present and not anxious. Well, cool. What limiting actions are do you have any limiting actions that reinforce this limiting belief of maybe I'm not good enough? Ooh,
1: because that one's like so broad, I don't know if there's like one thing I could pick on that's saying like I'm doing this, but I uh I spend a lot of time on Twitter. So yep. Uh, you know, it's been great for my business, like over 5 million views, um, or impressions on, on Twitter for me, but like at the same time, it can be a little bit addicting. So, uh, if I cut out like my Twitter time, I think that could, you know, help me have like a more positive mindset and, you know, maybe, uh, refrain from, you know, those limiting beliefs.
0: I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, if you were to change that limiting belief into an abundant phrase that really spoke to your heart, what would that phrase be?
1: Ooh, okay. So my wife and I, we, you know, every year we set uh, goals and like have like names for different things. Um, oh. So we have one saying that we say to each other now and it's it's, Hey, everything just works out for us. Mm-hmm. And when we say that, like, it's crazy. Like it actually happens. Right. Um, so that's what we've been saying to each other, uh, this year. And what are we in April now? Um, yeah, everything just works out for us.
0: Just working out. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Are there any other things that you resort to when limiting beliefs start to take over? I like the, Hey, everything just works out for us. Is that kind of the primary thing or are there other thoughts or actions that you go to?
1: Um, so, uh, You know, I'm a Christian and so like different. um,
0: When you started throwing out words like discernment, I was like, this man's a Christian.
1: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So um, like for me, it's like, um, like run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, right, the windows of heaven will be opened up to you. Yep. So those are like scriptures that will just like literally pop into my head uh, from time to time, uh, that can like help me motivate and and stay out of, you know, that bad mindset.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, awesome. Darren, we got one last question for you. You ready for it?
1: Yes, I'm ready. Those those last questions weren't even hard though. So we
0: don't
1: have
0: any, that's as hard as it gets. Some people squirm at the limiting beliefs and feel like it's bold. And so I always get that that a pretext yeah.
1: but um i can see that i can see that
0: i think only one person has ever taken me up on it and that was recently where they just passed they're like yeah i'm not gonna answer that I was like, okay cool but uh um, <laughs> so that's why i give it for that one person who may feel that way mm,
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, awesome what is your favorite belief about yourself hmm
1: I don't know that that I could do it. I can literally do anything if I put my mind to it.
0: Mm, there we go. I love do it. I need to
1: expand on that. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I think... Oh
0: man, that's my favorite belief about myself too. So <laughs> there you go. I can do it. Um, anytime. Um,
1: wait, you have the same one?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That is um that's the answer for like I would say three out of five people that come on the show that I ask what their favorite belief about themselves is
1: no way really
0: and it typically is like the, those three to five people or three out of five people are typically people who are running businesses are doing entrepreneurial things or like because you just have to adopt a certain mindset and it's probably one you weren't born with and that's like we're proud people are proud of that when you get to adopt that mindset and you see growth because of it of like I have put my mind to stuff that I thought I couldn't do I did it and like I know I can do anything. It is possible, you know, the growth mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. That's all we got for you. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off?
1: Oh, man. Um, So, you know, when you asked that question about the books, TV shows or podcasts, like uh, I felt like I could have done better on that one. What are some like books, TV shows or podcasts that that you're into right now?
0: Mm, Okay, here we go. So books for me. Right now I'm reading dot-com secrets by Russell Brunson. I took his like one funnel away challenge, um, just marketing online. Are you a big, I know you do investment advisory, but do you also help the businesses you invest in operate at all? Or do you kind of steer clear of that?
1: I uh, steer, I still clear from that. So I don't do like any marketing for them or, or things gotcha.
0: like that. No. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I, I've been reading dot-com secrets. That's just the book I'm reading right now. Books I'm always into. Almost anything Napoleon Hill writes. So Think and Grow Rich. He has a bigger one, The Laws of Success. Um, I'm a really big fan of How to Win Friends and Influence People. And then there's this other book called The Power of Positive Thinking. I don't know if you've read that book, but it is a great book. It's by Norman Vincent Peale. And I would say those, those kind of four books for me are like... Books I really love. As for podcasts, The Game by Alex Hormozzi. I'm a big fan of that Mm -hmm. podcast. And honestly, the guy,
1: not the girl, right?
0: (laughs) Yes, the guy, the guy, Alex Hormozzi. Outside of that, every now and then I'll catch an episode of like Greatness by Lewis Howes or Brad Lee's Dropping Bombs. But those are just really when they have a cool guest on, like Alex Hormozy, really. I just listen to all Mm -hmm. of Alex Hormozy's podcasts that he's on. And Derek Faye's another guy. He was on Dropping Bombs recently, and I've been trying to tune into podcasts that he's on. Um, And as for movies, hmm, really big fan of Remember the Titans. Oh,
1: yeah, that's a good one.
0: The Princess Bride is another movie that consistently comes up.
1: Yeah, One... man, that's a low-key sleeper. That's a good movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, a third movie that consistently <laughs> comes up on the show. I haven't seen this movie. I need to go watch it. Shawshank Redemption. Everybody loves that Ooh. movie. Everybody talks about it. Um, yeah. yeah. So that, that that's my answer for those. I didn't pick favorites. I just picked you know ones I like. But
1: yeah, yeah, those are good. Those are good ones. Like if you were like, hey, like let's sit down and watch those. Like I'd be down. That'd be fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Well, awesome. Darren, I appreciate you coming on the show, man.
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, Hey, if you want to learn more about Tuttle Ventures investing uh, you can catch me on Twitter uh, and you can also go to my website, tuttleventures.com. T U T T L E V E N T U R E S. Or you can catch me on Twitter. My handle is Darren. D-A-R-I-N underscore t 8
0: t 8 Yeah, Sounds good. Well, if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Darren had to say, you loved the wisdom and knowledge that he had, make sure to hit him up, follow him on Twitter. All the links to do so will be down in the show notes. Thank you guys for watching. We will see you on the next one. And on that note, we're out.